Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, well, welcome to the First Baptist Church here in Coleraine. As usual, we appreciate those of you that are listening. Christian Radio even in this area, on local radio station, 100.1. All right, we're going to continue and finish today uh, the first chapter of First Peter. So we need to have our thinking caps on today. Let's uh, read from verse 13 to the end of the chapter. And the heading is, Be Holy. Therefore, prepare your minds for action, be self-controlled, set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. May God give us a blessing today, amen? Already has, by the reading of his word. Let's pray. Father, again, it's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. We're so thankful for the health that we can enjoy in order to be here. We pray for those that are sick. 
that are unable. We pray for those that are mourning the loss of loved ones, like Craig Underwood, who passed away. We pray for his family at this time. So we need to be ready. We need to be ready to meet you and uh, have that uh, absolute guaranteed appointment. Help us this morning, or wherever you are listening to this message, to tune in, to concentrate, and let us be blessed and be taught by your Holy Spirit through this message. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Amen. The title of this message is Be On Guard. Be On Guard. Again, I said I will conclude today's message with uh, finishing the final chapter, the first chapter. It's taken a while, but we finally got there. Lord willing, we'll start on chapter 2 next week. Paul, uh, Paul, Peter, he, from verse 13, gives us Christians, it's just as relevant today as it was when it was first written, because it was written, penned by Peter, yes, but inspired by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? Very practical advice. Don't we need practical advice to teach us how to live in this world? Absolutely. He said, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. When he talks about being alert and fully sober, it doesn't mean, uh, he's not referring to getting drunk. You know, if you get drunk, then you're not sober. And uh, Christians should never get drunk. It's an absolute sin. Uh, What he means to be alert and sober, it means to have a sound mind. And if you're intoxicated in any way, shape, or form, you don't have a sound mind. That's why people do stupid things. To have a sound mind in order to have sound judgment. As Christians, we have to be on guard. Why? Lest we fall into temptation that breaks fellowship with God. So we rely on the Holy Spirit, the grace of God, who alone can give us hope and peace in this world. When we break fellowship with God, we don't have that peace. So we need to confess whatever caused us to break fellowship with God, which was a sin that we committed in our mind, in our heart, in our body. We confess so God can forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and we can move on. As obedient children, do not conform. See, we're either obedient children or we're disobedient children. Do not conform to the evil desires you once had when you lived in ignorance. We don't live in ignorance anymore. So we don't have any excuses, do we? Do not conform to the evil desires you had before, the sinful lifestyle that we lived. It's only by putting into practice what the Bible teaches proves that we are children of God. Amen? 
Jesus said, if you love me, what? Keep my commandments, right? So if we keep his commandments, that proves that what? That we love him, correct? Yes. The fact is, though, nobody can keep God's commandments 100% of the time. If we could, then we'd all be perfect. I don't know about you, but I know I'm not. Well, I know you're not either. And you do too. There was only one perfect, and that was Jesus. Amen? The only one who never sinned. So, we've got choices to make. By making a moral choice and allow the Holy Spirit who lives in us to take control of our minds and our actions that are contrary to how God wants us to live, which is those evil desires. He doesn't want us to live and to conform to those evil desires which are contrary to being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Amen? The Bible teaches it's only Christians that have got two natures. Only Christians. We believers, like everybody else who were ever born, were born in original sin, and we have a sin nature that dwells in this mortal body. The sin nature. But Christians, it's like having a dual personality. They also have a new nature, having been born again, supernaturally. Not naturally, supernaturally by receiving Jesus Christ as their saviour. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. That's how we get saved, amen? Amen. That's why we're involved in the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Why? So they could hear the gospel and be saved. Once saved, we have the ability to choose either to yield to our new God-given spiritual nature or allow that old carnal nature to have control. It's a choice. We have a choice. Before we were saved, we didn't have a choice. I got a kind of a crude illustration. Uh, on the one hand, we've got we've got a two dog personality living within us. On the one hand, we've got the good natured Labrador. On the other hand, we've got the nasty pit bull. And I'm not against pit bulls, as long as they don't bite me. I had one attack me down at the uh, cemetery. Thankfully, I had my Disney umbrella to protect me. The Lord protected me. I don't care for them. I don't trust them. In fact, I don't trust any dog that I don't know. I've been bitten by dogs like you have. Oh, it won't hurt you. Yeah, right. Told you that story about my friend 
who was with the Lord, God rest his soul. He was blind from birth, he had ter- cerebral palsy. We used to take him out for a chorus in England, because we got a lot of Indian people in, in uh, England. And he loved chorus. And he used to get the hottest curry and tears would come down his face. It was that hot, but he loved it, you know, best thing since sliced bread. So I took him home, obviously, he couldn't drive. Never been in his house before. Went into his kitchen, dog starts snarling, growling, barking. Oh, it won't hurt you. Next thing, it attacked me. Thankfully, I turned around. It's about waist high. Ooh. Turned around, bit me right in the rear end. Straight through my nice pair of Levi's, drew blood. I had to go get a tetanus shot. Tried to kick his teeth in. Didn't allow me. Ran away. But anyway, I don't trust dogs. So you've got, in the one hand, you've got the, um, the pit bull in you. That old, carnal, nasty nature. And then you've got the beautiful Labrador. The nature in you. So it's a choice. Either two, as the Bible says. Oh, by the way. Make no mistake. Whichever dog we feed will grow, will dominate. If we choose to sin, what the Bible calls walking in the flesh, then we feed the wicked dog. We feed the old nature. Are you with me so far? And it's going to bite us. It's going to bite us. Make mistake, no mistake. When believers, we're in a spiritual battle. We're involved in a spiritual warfare. We need to be on guard every day, lest we fall into temptation and feed that nasty pit bull in us. God is pointing us, drawing us towards holiness. He says, be holy like I am holy. So God is drawing us towards holiness. And the devil is pulling us towards sinful behavior. So we have a spiritual battle going on. Amen? It's what the Bible teaches in Galatians chapter 5, in verse 25. You need to read that whole chapter. Galatians 5 talks about the two natures. And for 25, it says, if we live in the Spirit, if we're controlled by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. In order to walk in the Spirit, it means to yield to the Holy Spirit's control by following his guidance to do his will. In other words, what is God's will? Be holy. If we're controlled by the Holy Spirit, then we will be. Verse 15, it says, But just as he called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. In all that you do. St. Paul, his letter to the Galatians, he clearly explains the difference between 
the works of the flesh, that old carnal nature that we're born with, and the new nature received through Christ. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive a new nature. We are a new creation, a new creature. So remember that the flesh that the Bible refers to is that carnal nature that's in conflict with the new nature, the Holy Spirit. So there's a spirit, there's a war going on. We're in a spiritual warfare. You're being taught today. Some of you have never heard this before. So it says, for the flesh, this is in Galatians 5 again, for the flesh desires what is contrary or opposite to the spirit. And the spirit is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So you are not to do whatever you want to do. So you want, when you want to do good, you've got that old carnal nature in you. So this is why we need to yield to the control of the Holy Spirit. And Paul says in 16, he says, I, so I say, walk by the Spirit. Why? And you will not gratify, gratify the desires of the flesh. So if we walk in the Spirit, we're able to be holy, live a holy life. And not be dominated by the old sinful nature. Okay? When we make a moral choice, not to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, then the flesh will dominate. It will come out. It'll be obvious. It'll be evident. So the result of the sinful practices, which are opposite to holiness, Paul clearly explains, and you should read it, the whole chapter in Galatians chapter 5. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But what are the evidences of us walking in the flesh? Well, from verse 19... He says, the acts of the sinful nature, the nature that we're born with, amen, the carnal nature, are obvious. <laughs> Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, oh, God hates discord, especially in the church. Jealousy. Fits of rage. Selfish ambition. Dissensions. Factions. Envy. Drunkenness. Orgies. And the like. So that's obvious. They're, they're the fruits of the sinful nature that we're all capable of. Amen? 
So he says, don't live like that. Don't be controlled by those sinful desires, those fleshly desires. Walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The good news is we do have the victory. We have victory in Jesus. We have victory over sin. We have victory over the flesh. And we have victory over the devil. Why? That was accomplished on the cross by Jesus Christ when our sins were nailed on that cross, when he took our sins in his own body. Our sins were nailed on that cross. We have been crucified with Christ at his crucifixion. Let me read Paul again, St. Paul, Romans chapter 6. For we know, do you, that our old self, that old sin nature, was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. Now we have a moral choice to make. Are we going to live like that we did before or are we going to be controlled by the Holy Spirit? Paul again, I quote, we should no longer be slaves to sin. We have to make moral choices every day. Maybe you don't have a problem with that. I do. I have to make moral choices every day, whether to walk in the spirit or walk in the flesh. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. That's something to look forward to, isn't it? You know, everyone wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Why not? We're going to be free from this body of sin. We won't sin anymore. We won't be in this battle anymore. So why worry? Why? We should celebrate when somebody, a Christian, dies. Yes, we mourn. We mourn for them. We're going to miss them. But we should celebrate. They've graduated. Amen? Amen. They're with the Lord, which is far better. At his right hand, there's fullness of joy. We don't have that down here. We've got the battle going on, don't we? I do. And if you're a Christian, so do you. Hello. We should no longer be slaves to sin. And obviously, I'm not in a hurry this morning. The turkey, we'll wait. It's dead. It's not going anywhere. I know exactly where it is. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ on the cross, we believe that we should also live with him. I said last week, no one's, no one's seen him, but we love him. How's that? We'll see him. We'll see him. Just as he is. And Oh. What's it going to be like? Whoa. I'm free. I'm free. I'm 100% entirely perfect. Just like he is. What a day that will be. 
Now, because we've received him as our saviour, we have the power to allow the Holy Spirit and make moral choices for him to take control of our life. How we think, what we say, what we do. We can say we have the ability, because we have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, to say no to ungodliness. That doesn't alter the fact we're going to be drawn, pulled by the devil to encourage us to sin, but you can't blame the devil for everything. We have to make the moral, we make moral choices to either yield to that temptation or not. You can't blame the devil for everything. Initially, yeah, he's responsible. But we have the victory now. We can say no to ungodliness. We can live a holy life. Doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. One day we will be. Amen. We will be. When we walk in the spirit, the godly attributes, the godly qualities will be evident in our conduct. Not when people are around necessarily, because we put on a brave face and we want to give people the impression that you know, we've got it all together and we're super spiritual. I'm on about when we're alone and no one else is watching. That's the acid test, bros. Bro, broettes. That's the acid test when there's nobody watching. Don't you think God knows what we're thinking about? He knows us better than we know ourselves. We're not fooling him. Never will. But when we're walking in the Spirit, when we're filled with the Spirit, then we'll manifest these godly qualities. Holiness. What are they? Galatians chapter 5. But, 22, Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit, the evidence of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We need to be controlled. We need self-control. Self-control, walking in the Spirit, means to yield, rely, and be filled with the Holy Spirit to control our minds, our words, and our actions. We make a moral choice. The filling of the Holy Spirit is when we choose to yield to the Holy Spirit's control. If we don't, and we choose to sin, we make a moral choice to sin and not be controlled by the Holy Spirit, what we do is grieve the Holy Spirit. We stifle 
the work of the Holy Spirit by choosing to sin. And we don't want to do that, do we? We don't want to stifle. for We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. But when we sin, we do. And we need to confess it and ask forgiveness. When we choose to sin, what happens? We don't experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit working in and through us. But when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that allows him the freedom to operate in our lives when we yield to him, when we don't resist him, when we don't grieve him by making a moral choice to sin. Are you with me so far? Yes? Are you with me so far? Yes. Okay. Because, you know, I told you, you're going to have to put your thinking caps on today. By choosing to sin, making that moral choice to go against God's will, that hinders the filling of the Holy Spirit. But obedience to God is how the filling of the Holy Spirit is maintained. We need to be filled. We need to be pumped up with the Holy Spirit. The problem is we leak. We're like a balloon. We leak. So we need to be filled by the Holy Spirit. That allows him the freedom to work in this, to produce what? Yes, his will. But holiness... Holiness, be holy as I am holy. That's what Peter says. I'm almost finished. He says, be diligent, be alert. In other words, the title of this message, be on guard. And I was going to read this earlier, and I was debating back and forth to read this illustration. I'll read it at the end because the turkey's waiting. Can't remember his name, but anyway. All right, listen to the illustration about being on guard, all right? Are we sitting comfortably? Then I'll begin. And we've got Linda Wagner here. She knows more about this Coleraine. She's a historian of the Coleraine. You want to ask any questions about the history of Coleraine, you go to Linda Wagner. Amen? Amen. And we so much appreciate you, my dear. And we need to cherish our elderly while they're still with us. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Having said that, <laughs> true story. On, I'm on, we're talking about being on guard. September the 9th, 1861, Vermont soldiers in the Union Army were gathered to watch one of their own being shot. William Scott had committed a grave error while on duty. Scott fell asleep at his post. 
He was supposed to keep guard to protect his fellow soldiers. He had been in that same post the previous night, but this fact did not save him from the court-martial that he was served when an officer on guard caught him asleep. That Monday morning when Scott prepared for the worst, about to be shot, thankfully he received a pardon instead. When he was tried by court-martial and found guilty, Scott had been sentenced to death just nine days after the incident, after he fell asleep on guard. However, his regiment found this punishment too severe. Circulated petition to save his life. The petition reached President Lincoln, then decided to pardon Scott. See, he deserved the death penalty, didn't he? We deserve the death penalty, but we've been pardoned. Amen? Not by President Lincoln, but by the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me close. What does this story illustrate? We must always be on guard to the fact that we're engaged in a spiritual warfare between good and evil. And we have to make moral choices every day, either to allow the Holy Spirit to control us or that old sinful nature to control us. When we're tempted to sin, I'm not saying if, I say when. It's a definite thing that will happen. When we are tempted to sin, let's remember the price, the high price that Jesus paid on that cross to give us the victory over sin, the flesh, and the devil. We have the victory and we have the power to make moral choices to either do right or do wrong to do good or to do evil. So let's not yield to the sinful desires that result in a guilty conscience, shame, and regrets. And also, as he said, Peter, we're going to stand before the Lord one day. We're going to have to stand before the Lord. So let's not create any more regrets in our life. I don't know, this thing's gone off, this video has gone off, so it's probably given up the ghost. Let's make the right choice and rely on the Holy Spirit to control us so we can experience God's peace, his rest, and victory by his grace. Amen. Let me close by quoting Romans again. Chapter 5, in this case, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? I'm going to scoot down because of time. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. 
The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. This applies to us now. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourselves to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are no longer under the law but under grace. Thank God that we're no longer under the law but under grace. Amen. Let's close. Heavenly Father, we do thank you very much. We praise you. There's a lot of deep teaching in this message today, and I hope and pray we'll take it to heart and put it into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.